In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Hello, and welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin, and this is episode number 84, Liar. Sounds like you're accusing me. Liar! <laughs> you can't handle the truth! Wow. I don't know. I just, oh, okay. I went off the rails a little bit. <laughs> just gave, Immediately. Like, I, I had like you took on a persona yeah. or something, and you're like, oh, wow. This is where it goes. Liar! Oh, oh. That was different. That was different. That was a whole different sort of persona you yeah. just took on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, can I tell you where this came from? Yes, I would okay, love to. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this comes from a song from Henry Rollins mm. called Liar. Mm-hmm. And this gem came out in 1994. It was playing on MTV all the time. It's the classic tale of a lying dirtbag that you just can't get out of your life. <sighs> We've all been there. Yeah. So I thought, why not talk about liars mm-hmm. in our theme? Liars of the garden variety, the professional ones, the con men, the hucksters. <laughs> I love your use of that word. I had to just put that out there right now. <laughs> That's the right word, right? Yeah. Suddenly I'm like, wait, is that the right word? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just had a moment of like, oh no. No, I just, totally not wrong. very many people use it. So. Well, I'm bringing it back. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the youths. <laughs> I'm bringing Huckster back. Okay. I like it. This song is by Henry Rollins, by the way, mm-hmm. who is a punk legend, an author, an actor, um, fun fact, I've seen him speak several times in Des Moines, and he puts on a hell of a show. Two hours of basically him talking without taking a breath. It's just, it's intense. Wow. It's super funny. He's great. What did you say before legend? What was the word? Um, punk legend. Punk. What did you think I said? <laughs> he said hunk. <laughs> And I was like, what? <laughs> and then I 
wanted to catch up to where you were, but in my head I kept thinking, <laughs> I just called him a hunk. Yeah, no, no. A hunk I don't think, I, was, I don't know if I've ever used the word hunk in earnest. That's Have what, you? No. I was so confused and worried at the same time. <laughs> I'm like, a hunk legend? What is that even? Man, I'm bringing Legendary back Huckster hunk. Punk <laughs> punk legend. That's more in keeping with what you know of Yeah, me, right? that makes okay. a lot yeah, more yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, I should have yeah. just gone there automatically. <laughs> I don't even know how I got to hunk, but it's there. I mean, I did go on record saying, like, I'm, I'm a fan of him. I'm mm-hmm. a fan of the way he looks as well. Yes. So, you know, I don't know if I would have gone as far as to say he was a hunk legend. <laughs> I think it's the pairing of those two, too. That's really Yeah, weird. I was like, I don't... And then I couldn't oh. recover, and then I was like, okay, I gotta get there quicker. I don't... <laughs> All right, well, oh, speaking boy. of dirtbags... Yeah. Not hunk legends, not- to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> Just dirtbags. Lying dirtbags. Hunk legend, by the way. It sounds like... It sounds like it could be somebody's name. It sounds like it could be a show. Oh. It sounds like it could be a book. It could be a great band name. It, oh, man, it could be a band... Henry Rollins and Hunk, Hunk Legend. Legend. <laughs> we just mounted your comeback. Oh, shit, Henry. We got your future for you. We got your back. <laughs> well, okay. Thinking about dirtbags that aren't hunks. Yeah, yeah. Would you rather always be able to tell when someone is lying or be able to lie and have no one tell? I think I would rather have the first one. I'd always, I want to always be able to tell when someone is lying. Yeah. Because I don't know if I'm always so good at it. Mm-hmm. And... I I can get swayed if someone's a hunk. I'll be honest. (laughs) Of the hunk legend variety. (laughs) But honestly, I don't always think I can tell. And so sometimes I will err on the side of just assuming someone is lying. Sure. Because I'm not for sure. Right. So I wish I could just have a super ability to know. Yes. Which one would you prefer? Oh, I think the first. Yeah, because yeah. that's unnerving. If you feel like someone's it not is. telling you the truth and then you can really get in your mind and that it's can play real on you. mind. Yeah. And so I would think I would definitely be in the boat of wanting. You could put a lot of things to rest mm-hmm. and you could also discover a lot of things. That's if true. If you knew that. So Ooh, man. I'm with you on that, I think. Ooh, it would be a superpower if we could just like, if we could be paid to go to Washington, D.C. and just like listen in at a Senate hearing and be like, oh. liar, 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 liar. Okay, well, you're all lying. So I guess yeah, we'll just actually, start over. Just- <laughs> Let's just start over. <laughs> Try this again. Remember, I we, am a human lie detector. Yes, we could be known as the human lie detectors. Yeah. The lie detector twins. Yeah. I, I don't know why I would okay. twins because... <laughs> Because we don't look alike, uh-uh. we're not the same age. Uh-uh. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why I went there. But that's all right. We human lie twins. detectors. We'll stop at that. That's the first test. We're human <gasps> lie detector twins. When we walk in, we can tell if people are like, "Oh, that makes sense." Does it? <laughs> you already lied to us because it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. We're lying to you right test now. Test one. Fail. <laughs> Fail. You're a liar. <laughs> well. I mean, obviously, Senate hearings, not one of them. But do you think there are times when when it is acceptable to lie? I do. I do. I think, well, okay, let me let me make this caveat. I wish that we lived in a society where yeah. it was okay to be realistic and be honest. But the truth is that it's not all the time. And sometimes it's, uh, you have to protect someone's feelings or relationships. I 
would kind of like to change this and say it's more, I feel like I fall in the category more of like lie of omission. Like I just don't say anything. Yes. Like I don't log that I don't agree with that, but Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily say I agree with that. I sort of just toe the line and keep my mouth shut. Mm -hmm. And so I think that sort of is a form of lying because you could give the impression that I believe what you're saying. Yeah. But I also feel like sometimes it's just part of life. It is. I also feel like sometimes... It's not, it, you You know it's not going to be acceptable to tell the truth. Yes. Like, I don't want to go to your party. Yeah. So I'm going to say that I have something else going on because I want to spare your feelings from telling right. you that that party sounds terrible. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or, you know, I'm sorry that I'm leaving your wedding early. Yeah. It's, it's not because I am sick. Mm-hmm. It's because this is a terrible place <laughs> and my soul just died a little. So, but that seems terrible to say on your first day of marriage. Yeah. That you made my soul die. Right. So I don't. So you're not going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to save your feelings. I also feel like as a parent, you get pretty good at lying about certain things. And I don't feel bad all the time in those situations. Because sometimes it's just a matter of logic. Like they're not ready to totally understand what you're bringing. No. So, yeah. No, you got to ease them into that. Mm -hmm. I would imagine parenthood is a lot of lying. Yeah. It's a lot of pretending you like stuff, too. You don't. You don't like it at all. But, you know. But being a good parent is lying to your kids and saying, that was incredible. Yes. You are right. That is the best episode I've ever seen of whatever America's Home Videos. Yeah. Funniest Home Videos. Yeah. Funniest Home Videos. Does Mason still make you watch that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a Sunday, every Sunday night. What happens when Mason gets old enough to listen to this and realize that you have been lying to him about this. Well, I think that that's a careful time that you have to broach. But I think as as they get older, they understand. They see that it came from a place of love. Like, yes. you loved it. We did it with you. It wasn't mm-hmm. great. No, because they're at the age where they can understand. Yeah, America's Funniest Home Videos is not, not that so great. Not so great, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, man, it makes for great family time. So we go. did it for you, buddy. Yes. Yeah. That's true. It probably shows like, oh, my parents really loved me. Yeah. Yeah. And I should say, I don't, I mean, obviously the videos don't get me like they get him, but his, his like honest, like laugh out loud when he thinks something is really funny, Mm -hmm. really gets me. Like, it's just like kind of a high pitched giggle. And so he's watching it. You're watching him. It's fun for all. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, we've watched it enough that he'll say things like, this is a bad idea. I know how this is going to (laughs) end. Oh, you're teaching him to anticipate mm-hmm. plotting and structure, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yep, mm-hmm. you totally are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See that lie? That mm-hmm. is what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you, like, do you think there's lies that society tells us that don't serve us well? Absolutely. I think one is the American dream that we've talked about yes. before. Mm-hmm. But I think more than that, that we have to compete with one another. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like women feel like they have to compete with other women because there's this lie that there's limited space at the table for women. There can only Mm. be one woman or there can only be two women or something. So you have to compete with everyone else. Yeah. I think white versus black, a lot of that, like a feeling of like competition, like, well, if they get something, it means they're taking something away from me. So there's that idea that there's limited things for everyone and we have to fight and scrap to get it, which that's a big lie. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't think that does us any good. Very well said. Thank you. Wow. After I said hunk legend, I had to redeem myself. So, (laughs) To be fair, you didn't say hunk legend. I just put that on you. So I apologize because you didn't. And I made that yours. (laughs) 
Well, along the same vein, Aaron, mm-hmm. do you think, okay, so society tells us some lies. Do you think there are lies that we tell ourselves that don't serve us well? Yes. And I'm going to speak specifically, in my opinion, mm-hmm. for females. Yeah. This is the lie that I feel like we tell ourselves it doesn't serve us. This is fine. I'm <gasps> fine. This is going to be fine. Oh, it's all God. fine. It's fine. It's fine. I feel fine about I'm this. I'm totally fine. I'm, this is all fine. What I'm you're doing is fine. Fine. I'm fine with mm-hmm. me. This is fine. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. <laughs> I am so effing fine. This is going to be fine. Yeah. I will get through it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. No, it's not fine. It's not fine. Those are red flags that you're ignoring and have been taught to ignore. If yes. it doesn't feel fine, it's not fine. Yeah. Also, we should just banish that word from the language, fine. maybe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because it, it is the go-to for us as a lie to tell yeah. ourselves, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's I feel fine. fine about this. Yeah. You know what? It's going to be fine. I and usually we're telling go. ourselves that when something really shitty has happened yes. that is definitely not fine. Yes. And we're like, nope, we got to suck it up. It's fine. It's fine. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I'll get through it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I feel fine. I'm great. It's fine. It's all fine. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We need to recast it. Yeah. Like, that's very unhunk legend of oh, you. Oh, it is so unhunk legend. Or if it is, be like, that is a effing funk, hunk, funk, that. <laughs> okay. I see a flaw. I see a flaw already. <laughs> it rhymes with too many words. <laughs> yep, that's not going to work because okay. the tongue got tripped up. Yeah. I'm not even going to try and say it. very hunk legend of you. <laughs> so I think where you were going. Yes. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, I wish that we didn't have to tell ourselves all the time it was fine. It's okay if it's not fine. It's okay if it's not fine. But I think that you're right. We tell ourselves the lie that it has to be fine. Mm -hmm. And that we have to make everyone believe that it's fine. Mm -hmm. Because if we were honest, no one could handle it. Yeah. And to be honest, if if we were honest about the situation... It's okay to say it's not fine, but I'm still going to get through it. Mm-hmm. Saying I'm not fine doesn't mean you're going to fall apart. It just means yeah. like, no, this is not okay with me. This is going to take extra effort on my part, mm-hmm. but we'll still get from point A to point B. I just yeah. don't have to. I can admit that I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it with a fox and I don't like it in a box. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it, Sam. I am. <laughs> Since I don't have kids, it took me a second to get where you were going. <laughs> I was like, Fox, what? <laughs> I get it now. Seuss. I get it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Green eggs and ham. Very <sighs> hunk legend. Oh, so <laughs> hunk legend. <laughs> this whole first part is... Is hunk legend? Yeah. yeah. I think for our longtime listeners, not surprised. If you are just starting with this You're episode... like, what the hell are they talking yeah, about? Yeah, I would encourage you to go back a few... <laughs> And then come back to this one because maybe we came out of the gate too hard. I don't know. We're coming in hot with Hunk Legends. <laughs> if Henry Rollins ever listens to this, he's going to be like, what? Why? Are these my fans? <laughs> Questioning everything. Why am I associated with the word honk? I don't get it. Hunk Legend? Have you ever heard that? Is that a thing? Well, you know what is hunk legend? Your first fiction pick? Hell yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, and it's going to be fine, and I mean that sincerely. <laughs> the author of this is going to be like, why? Why am I associated with the words hunk legend? Yeah, I don't get yeah. it. Apologies. That sucks. Yeah. Apologies in advance. So this book is called Q&A. It's by M. Allen Cunningham. Nice. This is hot off the presses. Hot. Late January 2021. It's so just a couple weeks it's been out. And here's the premise. It's 1956, 
And TV is still new. And it's been taken over, in part, by game shows. Mm. In particular, quiz shows. And on these, contestants go on to prove their knowledge in sort of like an early precursor to Jeopardy Mm. or things like that. Right. Right. So Kenyon St. Clair is a professor, and he's the son to a super distinguished literary family. His dad won the Pulitzer Prize. His mom is a renowned author. Wow. So one day at a party, Kenyon meets a TV producer who hooks him with this proposition. You could go on a quiz show, and you're a smart guy. You could demonstrate how important knowledge is and make a lot of money. So maybe, you know, Kenyon's trying to prove himself. Like I said, he's got Mm -hmm. that really famous family. Maybe he's tempted by the money because he's not making a lot of money. Maybe it's all this and more, but he tries it. And he soon discovers that the quiz shows are definitely not what they seem. They are fully scripted, planned out question by question. He's even coached on how to respond, like bite your lip in this moment and count off the seconds to increase the drama. Even when he knows the answers himself, he's told, okay, you're going to flub this one and you're going to get the next one because this is the the structure that we're going to go. Kenyon can, like, he, he's going through this and he's like, oh, okay, okay, I can explain this to myself because this is showing the importance of education. It's showing the importance of knowledge. But he commits to it because pretty soon he starts becoming famous. He's known by a oh. lot of people. Opportunities are opening up. Money is going to be promised. Like, pretty soon he's in hardcore. What's cool, you know, this topic, uh, it's actually, it's based on a true story. And yeah, this was an actual thing that happened in the 50s. Um, There was actually a movie made about it, I believe, in the 90s. And yeah, this was fully like rigged everything. Right. But I love that it's based on a true story, but I also like how Mark structures this. We are inside the head of Kenyon. Then we're behind the scenes in the TV control room. Then we're in the discussions between the producer and Kenyon. Then we're with families watching the show at home. Oh. Then we're with commentators. And then we're with the advertisers. And we're hearing the uh, ads for Geritol that is apparently solving everything in your body. It's this really fascinating way of showing how TV changed the landscape in the 50s. But it's also super similar to now with like social media's impact just becoming understood with reality shows being scripted. Yes. Like it's very, very similar. So I chose it for this theme because I feel like this is like a full on con of the American public, right? right. It's total fraud. And Kenyon himself, whether he intended to or not, he is a liar and he becomes more and more of a liar. But that's only part of the story. Because I feel like you can totally understand where Kenyon is coming from, even as he makes terrible choices and terrible mistakes again and again that keeps sort of snowballing over time. So I didn't know much about this story. I knew yeah. that it had happened and I knew there was this movie, but I didn't know much more than that. And this is so suspenseful. It's so propulsive while you keep saying like, oh, shit, that is that's Nope, shouldn't do that. That's a bad choice that yeah. you're doing right there. But we there we keep going. And like I said, it's such an interesting tie to today's world where, you know, we realize now that reality TV is at least in part created by producers. Right. And social media influencers are pretending to live like this very specific life that they're showing to the world. Yeah. So I highly recommend this and also his back catalog. He's a terrific writer. Awesome. That sounds so great. Yeah. I didn't realize it was based on a true story. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think they were taking advantage of the fact that TV was very new. Yeah. And... In some ways, they had good goals by showing like, yeah, you know, 
knowing the answers is great. Okay, but that isn't education. That's just knowing trivia. Like what? Right. Are we really promoting education here? Or are we just promoting like if you know the right answers, you're going to get a shitload of money. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So good to see that 60 some years later, hasn't changed that much. We haven't changed. Yeah. Probably gotten good. worse. Probably a, a little bit. A lot of ways. Probably a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Liars, cons, hucksters. Hucksters. Those 1950s hucksters. That see, yeah, that mm-hmm. it works. It does. I like what you Flim did there. Flim flam artist. <laughs> Flim flam artist is the best. You said that one. Yeah. And I don't I remember t- when. I don't either, mm-hmm. but I do love a good flim flam flim artist. Flim flam. Flim mm-hmm. flam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that flim, same flim flam artist makes me feel like we're in the music man, like the show. Oh, oh He's yeah. He's a flim flam. Flim Yeah. Mm-hmm. Selling instruments to oh. kids. Yeah. Yeah, it does sort of sound like, you know, the old medicine shows where you're just selling tonics. Yeah. He's like kind of an old timey, like he's a flim flam artist, but yeah. he's a nice guy. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> selling me turpentine in a tube, but he's a nice guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, goodness. Well, okay, my fiction pick this week is called Queenie by Candace Cardi Williams. Uh, This was published in 2019. Um, It's set in London, England. Uh, Queenie Jenkins is the main character. She's a 25-year-old Jamaican-British woman living in London. Um, And then right at the beginning, we realize things are in a rough place. Her relationship is on the rocks. Um, They're taking a break. The rest of her life is kind of following her suit, her job, her family, some of her friends. Nothing's really fitting or working in her life. And it we are getting the feeling as the reader like it's not going to work out either like it's she's having a lot of trouble rebounding and getting this back on track so she's on a long-term break from her or on a break from her long-term relationship with her boyfriend tom and in the meantime because they're on a break she decides that she's gonna try to get over him and she's having a lot of very unfulfilling and one could argue damaging sex Mm. in the meantime because of all of these things going on in her personal life, she's super distracted at work. So she's not really fulfilling her work duties on any level, nor really doing anything to stand out to get a promotion or to move where she wants to in her career. She works at a newspaper. She's kind of using her friends as therapists in the meantime, mm. and some of them are really just not up to the task. Mm-hmm. They're maybe not the type of people you should be confiding in. And some of them are great, but also have their own lives and things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, the estrangement with her mom, due to some past things, is leaving her feeling really ungrounded and kind of reticent to take care of herself in the way that she needs to. And that as a reader, you're kind of keep hoping that she's going to get there. So while you're watching her and you're rooting for her to make better decisions, all of a sudden this kind of in the book, you all of a sudden you feel like immersed and stuck with her. Like you Ooh. just feel like everything's kind of falling down and she doesn't know how to get out. And I think that that's kind of a universal feeling. We've For all been sure. there at different times. So the reader does, or the reader, the author does such a good job of evoking that, that as the reader, you're, you're right there with her. I feel like she's struggling on so many levels. And I think that as you're watching her, whether you can relate to all the parts of it or just some of the parts of it, that's why this book sucks you in because we all struggle to do what we need to do for ourselves at different times. 
I picked it for this theme because she's dealing with liars everywhere. All of these mm. guys are coming in and out of her life, telling her things that she thinks she wants to hear but aren't genuine, telling her things that aren't true. She's lying to herself about how she's actually doing mentally mm-hmm. um, and what she needs to do to actually take care of herself. She's not willing to kind of look at look at it and say, this is what I need to do. So I think this book is an excellent book about mental illness, about self-care, about overcoming people or situations that just don't serve us Mm -hmm. which i feel like is a really hard lesson but an important one that Mm -hmm. sometimes there's just things you have to let go of because it just it's not working it doesn't help it's it's taking away from your mental well-being or your ability to function and she's wrestling with that on a lot of levels about what parts to fight for Mm -hmm. and what parts to let go and it is a great read it is funny at turns and it's really emotional in different places. The writing really sweeps you up. You feel very caught up in the whole, um, her whole life and you feel very connected to her and you have a really strong feeling of like rooting for her. Like I want this yeah. to work out. Like I, I want you to make better decisions and get through this. So yeah. And I love the way it ends. It was great. It was a really wow. good read. Yeah. Well, two things as I'm thinking about that one, um, isn't that such a lie that we tell ourselves that we can do it all, mm-hmm. that we don't have to let things go, that right. we can like, yeah, we can handle this and we can handle this and we can handle this and we can handle all these liars in our lives. Mm-hmm. And no, we don't have to jettison the and ones I, that are. That's a yeah. good point, too, about it is that she's struggling and telling herself that she can handle these things. And she's also telling herself that it's not that big of a deal. Like, yeah. get over it. Like, yeah. OK, so this guy's a creep, but whatever, you know, I'm moving on or she's keeps telling herself that she can handle it and these things aren't that big of a deal instead of just saying you know what this stuff is a big deal Mm -hmm. and I do need to take some time and actually I'm not doing well and I need some help and it's okay for me to find that help and that's another lie that we tell ourselves no matter you know gender ethnicity anything we tell ourselves that we don't need the help and sometimes you do yeah until we finally reach a point where we're like breaking down from all the pressure and all the needs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Another thing I thought of is, isn't just the world of dating all about lies? Like she's, you know, she's seeing like these dudes that are all just liars and stuff. It feels like the whole world of dating. Yes. Is about gross, gross lies. Yes. And they talk a lot about that on apps of like Mm -hmm. trying to sort out just from what someone writes about what they really are like. And her friends are like pointing out right away, like, no, clearly he's this kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no. And they're like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, for sure. It's it's all sort of putting on this false front that doesn't serve anyone in the long run. And as someone who has been on online dating apps uh, many times, it's full of hucksters, con men. Flim flam artists. Flim flam artists. (laughs) (laughs) Ziggy the podcast has joined us on the table. I think he agrees. Do you? How do you feel about flim flam artists? I feel like he's one of those guys that's like, oh, you know, other guys are bad, but I'm a good one. Like, yes. You know, Uh like I'm totally, when actually he's a real dick. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You ready? Okay. I'm going to throw a ball. Get him out of here. Also, that relies on his looks where you're like, all right, yeah, you are cute. That's fine. I'll let it slide this time. He thinks he's a hunk legend. He does think he's a hunk legend. Yeah. And he thinks he can just skate on that. Yes. Ugh. You know who calls his bullshit? Who? Thelma. Oh, Thelma sure does. She's like, you're not a hunk legend. Yeah. And I'm not going to have it. No. Get off my bed (laughs) and move along. Stop riding me like a horse. Yeah. If you follow us on Instagram, by the way, on Mm -hmm. Saturdays, we like to post some pictures of the podcats. 
And lately, it's been pictures of Ziggy trying to ride Thelma like yes. a horse. Yes. And Thelma schooling him. But also trying to go for positive reinforcement. Like when he's calm, she will cuddle with him. And yes. she will lick him. Mm-hmm. When he's a dick, which is the majority of the time. Yeah. She will, yeah. Put Call up a you wall. out on it. Yeah. yeah. She'll put up a wall. Uh, yeah. As she should. Louise, meanwhile, likes to wrestle with him. <laughs> and tell him that. You know, try to show through violence. And I'm fine with that, too. Yeah, me too. I'm fine with that. <laughs> well, for other genre pick... When we decided on this theme, I thought immediately of this article that I had read. And I can't mm. remember if I read when it came out or shortly after, but it sort of stuck with me. It's called, I Accidentally Uncovered a Nationwide Scam on Airbnb. This is from Ali Conti writing on Vice, and this came out in 2019. So the author, she books an Airbnb stay for a trip to Chicago. They get there. And like 10 minutes before she's supposed to get into the place with her friends, the manager calls her and he says, oh, there's a plumbing emergency. I'm so sorry. We can't get you into this place. But don't worry. I have another place in Chicago and it's even bigger. It's going to be great. So they're like, "Okay, great. You know, at least there's a workaround. Yeah. So they get there. The place is super creepy. It is run down. It is dirty. It feels like a staging area, like a crime scene. Like they just don't know what the hell is going on. She tries to get clarity. And when he's not responding to her, um, she tries to cancel and get the money back. Like she's realizing, wait a second, this isn't, you know, this isn't legit. There's something wrong here. But the way that Airbnb rules are set up, they're just vague enough that she can't get her money back. So... Of course, because she's a reporter and she's an author, it sort of scratches at that part of her brain. So she tries to research these hosts a little bit more. Yeah. And she finds they have other listings in other cities, and the pictures are pretty much all the same for these listings. So the author then tracks down other travelers, finds they had the same experience. Same thing, like plumbing emergency, don't worry, I got another place for you. And they go to this other place. It's totally creepy, run down, everything. They either didn't get their money back or they had to fight very hard to do it. And that's not all. She keeps going and she finds that there's sort of this shell real estate company in L.A. that seems to be behind all of this, taking advantage of loose Airbnb rules and scamming people out of a lot of money. What? Yeah. So I chose it for this theme, I yeah. think probably for obvious reasons. I've stayed in Airbnb places a few times, and I've had mostly good experiences, but always I feel a little nervous and keyed up beforehand. Like, each time I have this feeling like I could be walking into something I yes. don't fully know here, you know, right. but, but the reviews are great, and, you know, other people do it, and the prices are really good, so it'll, it'll be okay. This article maybe validates a little bit of that anxiety and yeah, that worry yeah. that, like, mm-hmm. it just the site itself, the way it's set up, it has very lax rules. It has not so great checks. So scammers can hide in plain sight and they might even thrive. And the system of reviews kind of protects that because the the scammers, they're saying like, you know, if you don't give me a positive review, I'll give you a negative review. And, you know, the people that are staying yeah. in places, if they don't have good reviews. They can't stay places. Exactly. So it's sort of a thing that like, uh, okay, if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, even though we both know this was shit. Ugh. There's a quote from the article where it says, Airbnb has created a web of more than 7 million listings built largely on trust, easily exploitable by those willing to do so. Maybe it's not so surprising that the company would rather play a half-assed game of whack-a-mole than answer basic questions about its verification process. For every person who doesn't receive a complete refund, Airbnb makes money. 
So I I thought of this especially because, you know, obviously travel is not a great idea right now, but we're maybe looking to the future where Mm -hmm. travel, and I feel like we're all going to be pent up. We're all going to be ready Mm -hmm. to do something when it feels safe again. I'm going to remember this. And I don't know how I'm going to feel about Airbnb in the future, you know? And I feel like there's a number of sites like this, you know, vacation rentals, stuff like that, mm-hmm. where when you think about it, it could be easily, easily used by people trying to scam the shit. I've also, you know, just probably being a woman too, always feel like, oh, there could, this could be a dangerous situation. Like, what right. if it's not what it says? What yeah. if this host is not actually who it is? You know, and I, I understand that feeling of like they get there. And they're ready for their weekend, and then they suddenly this is turned on them, and they maybe can't get a place anywhere else, and so they have they're at the mercy of these people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, have you wow. ever done Airbnb? Um, no, I've done the Verbo, the mm-hmm. vacation rental by owner thing, but I haven't ever done Airbnb. Mm-hmm. So, and I have the same feeling. You know, you go in a little bit scared you know like is this gonna and it invariably it is a little bit different mm-hmm. you know pictures i mean you know that if you ever shop for a house the pictures for always sure. look different yeah dating app picture always looks oh, different boy. you know yeah we should have learned our lesson on this by now should have learned our lesson we like to just keep doing it in a different way and maybe we're you know thinking that people are mostly honest and like i said the experiences i've had have been yeah. mostly great right but there's always that worry that like I remember there's been a couple times where like the instructions to get into a place aren't quite how they seem. And then immediately I'm just like, oh, God. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're right. Good information as we move into possible travel someday in 2024. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I don't want to scare people away from travel, but that's it immediately what I thought of when I thought of this theme. Hucksters, you might say. Hucksters. There's some flim flam artists on Airbnb. There are. Okay, well, my other genre pick this week is called Smoke Gets in Your Eyes and Other Lessons from the Crematory by Caitlin Dowdy. This was published in 2015. Um, At the time, this author was a 20-something college grad. She had a degree in medieval history and sort of like an unknown career path. She wasn't entirely sure what she wanted to do. So she takes a job at a crematory. And basically what resulted is this book. Um, This is the story of her coming to terms with the idea that she might actually want to pursue a degree and a career in this field combined with lots of stories and information from her own life, kind of her own journey, and also a lot of information about what death looks like for those that deal with it every day. So I'm going to tell you why I picked it for this theme right away. Uh, The reason I picked it is because I think that it perfectly embodies the theme because of what the author ends up doing with her life. A big part of what she realizes while working in the crematory is that she encountered a lot of examples of people in the industry that were in it for the wrong reasons. They were willing to lie to families so that they could kind of do things the way that they wanted to or a cheaper way. Um, They tell people that there's only certain options open to them because it might be less work for them if they do it a certain way. So, like, for example, um, there are places that they tell people that it's illegal to keep, like, a a loved one that died at home for the burial or whatever, and that's not true. Like, there are, there's these ideas that get perpetuated that seem like that'd be real, right? Like, there probably is a state law that says you can't keep a dead body in your house or whatever, but there really isn't. There's a lot more freedom in how you choose to say goodbye to your loved one, and a lot of places prefer to not deal with those things they want Mm -hmm. to have it kind of wrapped up nice and neat and now 
keeping in mind she works in crematories, so they primarily do cremations. And they got, she would have to answer calls all the time from people who had prepaid for things and then had heard an expose like, are you, is it going to be my actual ashes that are given to my family members? Oh my God. Or do you burn lots of people all together and then you just scoop out stuff? And they're like, no, you know, she was horrified, but then also could understand that you're really trusting someone in this industry. And so she really saw a niche that there should be more transparency Mm -hmm. in in the world of what happens to people after death, how their families deal with that. There should be more transparency and ability to choose what's best in your particular situation. So interesting story. She actually goes on. She owns her own uh, crematory now. But she also started a movement online about kind of being transparent. And I think it's called the Order of the Good Death. That's like, wow, you know, about being transparent, about knowing what the laws actually are. Um, she did a web series, a YouTube series where you can ask her questions as a, you know, like, I think it started. She has another book called Will My Cat Eat My Eyeballs? Like, <laughs> questions that she's got I need to know the answer yeah, to that right yeah right? yeah questions that she's gotten so she has a really good sense of humor in this book like there's some you know weird crazy funny stories as you would expect working uh-huh. in crematory and there's also just a lot of information I didn't realize about that industry and a lot of it makes you feel when someone finds something that they're supposed to do or passion that's kind of optim you know gives you a sense yeah. of optimism it's kind of uplifting uh-huh. and that's kind of what as weird as it is, this book did is it's almost uplifting in a way like, okay, I see that there's this thing in the industry that people aren't being good. And I'm going to be the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to be the antidote to the hucksters and That's fantastic. provide this other thing that people can have. So, and she learned a lot about, you know, how to deal with people in highly emotional, difficult situations. Yeah. So, yeah, it was fascinating. It was fascinating to hear the, or uh, read the stories and, see how she took all that and decided, no, this is like what I wanted to do. And she does a really good job of interweaving her own life and what's Mm -hmm. going on at the same time. And not in a way that feels intrusive or like you're trying too hard, but in a really, like it really complements the stories she's telling. So, wow. Yeah, it was really good. First, what assholes to take advantage of people who are grieving and mourning with a bunch of... And some of it isn't as bad as like those people that, you know, they're burning multiple people. Some of it's just, you know, like they they want to avoid certain things like her um, crematory. They do witnessed cremations, which means that you as the family can come. You can be there. I think they even allow you to push the button. It's supposed to be a little bit more like you get more of that funeral sense. Yeah. maybe, And then you take the ashes and, and do what you want. But um, it's supposed to kind of give you that, I think, uh, a sense of peace or a way to celebrate and be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, you know, there's people that just say that's not an option because they don't want to deal with that. They're afraid yeah. to have someone watch them do their yeah. work, you know, just different things like wow. that where she thought, you know, there could just be more transparency or she the guy that she worked with was very upfront about pricing and costs. But there are other places that aren't that way mm-hmm. um, that you get charged extra for all kinds of different things. So. That's fascinating. Did yeah. you read the other one, The Cat in the I haven't yet, no. I, I'm honest. I need to know the answer to that. Okay. Yeah. Well, if I read that, then I will let you know. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm living with a would-be murderer. and Yeah, you are. You yeah. do need to know. You're right. Yeah. Uh-huh. That is an important thing we should find out. Right before the show, in fact. I mean, as we know, the previous podcast, Fiona, 
actively tried to murder you on multiple occasions. Yes. By trying to trip you down the stairs, lure you down the basement stairs, yeah. like all of Very that. nefarious. Yes. Yes. Um, so far, Thelma and Louise show no interest in no. you really at all. No. Ziggy, however, just before the show, he came over and tried to put his face right into your face. Yeah. As if he knows that you're deathly allergic. Yeah. And that he was trying to... It was alarming. I yeah. feel like he's escalating. Yeah, he Like is last escalating. time he bit me on the oh, back. Yeah. Well, that was a couple times ago. Well, yeah. That's right. He just jumped. He, he booped your butt. He did. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then this time he's like, I'm going to try it from the front. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> try and be more transparent yeah. about my attempts to murder. Right. I'm going to yeah. be upfront about my murder. You're yeah. going to see me coming. Yeah. He regularly looks out the windows and looks at the birds and imagines murder for them. So maybe mm. being thwarted because he's no longer outside. Mm. Has made the murderous impulses rise even higher. And he sees you come into the house. Mm-hmm. He's like, ha ha ha. Mm-hmm. But he keeps maybe underestimating how much larger than him. Yeah, I, I think am. there's that. Yeah, I think he yeah. gets close to my face and then he's like, oh, God, mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. Typical overconfident male. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Speaking of overconfident males, I've got a pop culture pick for you. (laughs) Best transition in the history of the podcast, hands down. Hands down. This is one that you've watched as well, Erin. Oh, okay. It's from HBO Max. It's called Class Action Park. This is... (laughs) This was recommended to us from listeners Haley and Maggie. Who one time we tried to convince ourselves Maggie was real and then kept making it sound oh, yeah, like she right. wasn't this real. This is our real friend Maggie. This is our Maggie. real friend yeah, Maggie, yeah. yeah. Who they told us this was a documentary movie of a real story of this bizarre, dangerous theme park run by a sort of financial con artist. And we were in. Done. But that in. is just the tip of the crazy That here. isn't even a good. No. It's like, it, that's all you can say, really, but uh-huh. it's it's not enough. So in 1978... A water slide park opens in New Jersey. It's called Action Park. Gene Mulvihill is the owner. And he was one of those penny stock guys, like Jordan Belfort. Was that his Mm -hmm. name? Yeah. So made a shit ton of money scamming people. And he decides water slide park. Perfect. But he also decides he's going to design most of the rides himself. And including water slides, things that require engineering, things that require education Mm -hmm. and an understanding Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. physics. Mm Mm-hmm. But he doesn't care about that. So this. <laughs> Just that sentence alone. Yeah. <laughs> He's an overconfident male. Yeah. He's like, I got this. I got it. I can I've do that. Seen what do you mean physics schmizzics? I've seen a water slide. I can make one. It's fine. I got it. <laughs> um, It's not fine. This shit yeah. is shoddy. More than that, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous that this is a true story. Mm-hmm. There is one particular, like it goes through all the different aspects of this water park. There is one particular loop-de-loop water tunnel that is not based on any sort of real physics in this world. No. That's the one that really got me. Mm -hmm. The fact that it would start moving a body so fast that it would then get lodged at the top of the tunnel. Yes. Yeah. You'll you'll see what I mean as you watch this. But Mm -hmm. here's where it gets even more wild. Basically, Gene is hands-off and he, he employs a bunch of teenagers and the teenagers basically run the park. They're getting drunk every night. They're hungover as shit. And they're they're just managing this park without really any adult supervision. Yeah, scary. We all know of places that are primarily teen workers. But here it's almost everyone. Like there's just no one else. And because of the shoddy building and the teens running it and the alcohol, there are so many wounds. So <laughs> many wounds. It's just like I, I'm struggling to even come up with words. 
Right? Because you can't understand this unless you watch it. It is bizarre. And because it's the 1980s and we all sort of took care of ourselves, you know, with working parents and everything, it becomes like a rite of passage. Like all these kids go and they realize, oh, we can get hurt here. And so they see other kids and they see a scar and they're like, oh, is that scar from Action Park? Cool. How'd you get that? Like it becomes this sort of self-fulfilling, like mythological place where everyone is imagining themselves getting hurt and they do get hurt. And they do. What's hilarious, too, is the documentary... Um, It talks to comedians and other people who went as kids who remember the insanity and the danger and talk about how we would never get away with this today. Mm -mm. Um, Chris Gathard is my favorite. He just just gold everything he's saying. Yeah, it's terrific. So there's the hilarious aspect, but it's also super sad because there's kids that died Mm -hmm. and they talk to the parents and the family who have tried to get the park shut down, try to get some restitution, try to get a just a simple apology. And never really get a good sense of closure. So I chose it for this theme, obviously, I think, because, you know, the guy leading it, con artist, Clearly. from the start. Yeah. And also the promise here is, hey, it's some fun. No worries. It's a water slide park. That is a lie. Yeah. There are so many worries. The dude is a total liar. Even worse, we learn there's also an insurance fraud aspect to this. Mm-hmm. That's, of course, there is. It just yeah. makes total sense. But like I said, there's many things that sort of build up this mythology. And so it leaves a huge shadow over the kids in the area in the 80s. I think this movie is entertaining. I think it's appalling. It's an hour and a half of just total America. That's a great way to say it. America. 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 It is. I. You're right. You laugh, <laughs> but you're also laughing at the sheer absurdity that this existed. That's the killer part is you have to keep reminding yourself like this is real. Like that part when they said that they would pay the workers $100 to test out the rides. Like they did. They First of all, again, engineers, physics, none of that was used. They just designed the rides and then they would pay workers that worked there. Hey, you want 100 bucks? You go down it. Yeah. And then they'd be like, oh, man, he really cracked his head at the end. Uh Yeah. No, we got to do whatever. And sometimes they didn't even do that. They're like, ah, well, okay. Now we know what can happen. Yeah. And there's a place that treats all the wounds with basically like a teenager with like a what like an alcohol spray or yeah, something they just this orange spray that just it doesn't help it's horrendous yeah there's also a part where they talk about a boat full of gasoline <laughs> on fire on top of another structure and that was just like a normal day at right. the park that's right there's fireballs there's like little mini tanks yes like it it's you're gonna your mind's gonna be blown it's gonna be blown it's gonna be blown it's yeah. worth it it's yeah, worth it. it's uh, I, and I, I don't think I ever would have heard about it or even seen it in HBO Max if Haley and Maggie, yes. who are real people, didn't recommend it to yes. us. Thank you, real people. Thank you, real for people. It. <laughs> it was terrific. I enjoyed it immensely, as did Mike. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah no, I can see. Yeah. <laughs> there's just yeah. There's everything in it. It is everything. Yeah. Just so actually, your picks are great going into like once we get out of the horrible winter, things feel a little more open. You need to read the article so you know what you're getting into with Airbnb. Mm -hmm. You need to watch that and maybe second guess your... Yeah, uh, don't go to a water park. Don't go to your water park. Maybe Mm -hmm. not even another kind of like, you know. No, I'm of the opinion they're all terrible, but that's also me who will explode in the sun and also has a real uh, sensitive tum-tum. Yeah. I don't don't like a lot of rides. Mm -hmm. So that's fair. I'm going to stay away from all those things. Mm Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. It's probably a good instinct, I think. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my pop culture pick this week is called Mommy Dead and Dearest. 
Ooh. It's a documentary. Um, it was released in 2017, directed by Aaron Lee Carr. And it tells the story, and you might have heard of the story. It tells the story of Gypsy Rose Blanchard, who, oh. along with her boyfriend, Nicholas John, killed her mother, Dee Dee Blanchard. But this documentary, like, tells the whole story. Like, I, I knew, I think I knew kind of the main points of the story, which is that Dee Dee has always presented that Gypsy Rose was very, very sick. Like, um, different forms of cancer, all of these things. She w- couldn't walk. She was in a wheelchair. Um, she went on Make-A-Wish trips. Everyone in the, and what's weird is that everyone in the neighborhood that they lived loved these two. Like, they felt for them. They would do special things for them because they just really, their hearts went out to them. Dee Dee always told everyone that uh, Gypsy Rose's dad abandoned them. No money, nothing. Um, because she was sick. He didn't want anything to do with it. So when Dee Dee shows up dead, this is kind of like blowing everyone's mind. Well, that's like the very beginning of the story because then we find out that Gypsy Rose is actually like much older than her mom passes her off to be. Uh, We find out that she hasn't been sick at all. She's never been sick. She can walk. Her mom shaves her head, so it looks like she's going through things. And we have an honest, clear-cut case of Munchausen by proxy. (gasps) Like, that is, this is like the clinical definition. And so the case takes on a whole new turn because now there's this question of what has been done to Gypsy's psyche because she knows she's not sick. She meets this guy on the internet. And together they kill her mother. And he, she's kind of saying it was his idea. He's kind of saying it was her idea. And you're sort of left wondering, you know, what's fair in this scenario? Mm-hmm. Like this, this girl essentially has been sort of kidnapped and, and abused in a lot of ways. We find out that her dad was paying the mom child support the whole time and was told lies as well. And the mom would then tell Gypsy lies about the dad so that they didn't have any communication. You you get to know him in here. He does some interviews. And it might sound weird right now, like, how did you not know or how did you not, you know, stay connected? But they moved all the time. Um, that's part of how the fraud worked. They moved after Katrina and said all of her medical records were lost in Katrina. So there was no way to hmm. prove any of these diseases. Um from a medical standpoint, it's very hard to prosecute and prove Munchausen by proxy. And if you think about it from a doctor's point of view, you don't want to be the person that says, no, that kid's not sick. Yeah. And then find out that the child is, in fact, sick. So a lot of this would kind of go under the radar. They would keep trying and trying and trying to find out what was wrong, and they would come up with nothing. Um, I mean, it. there are things that are wrong with her. I mean, but... You, you'd sort of get the idea through the documentary that that might be more because of the mental, emotional, and psychological abuse. Like her teeth are very messed up, but they say that's because of malnutrition because she kept her really skinny on purpose and from (sighs) taking medication for years that she didn't need given to her by doctors. Um, She speaks in a very odd manner. She has a very like small child kind of voice and she's in her 20s. Um, so there are things, but you, you sort of think, well, you can see where all this kind of came yeah. from. The documentary is fascinating. It is just, it's fascinating. They do a deep dive into Dee Dee Blanchard's family history. And some of the things that her family says is just, it'll blow you away. Um, wow. It is, it's bizarre. And then you look at Gypsy Rose and you wonder, as we do a lot of times in our justice system, what is justice in mm-hmm. this situation? You know, she needs help, but she's in jail. So what's happening or mm-hmm. in prison? So it leaves you with a lot of feelings and a lot of things to think about. But obviously at the heart of it, 
you got a big fat liar. Oh my god, a yeah. huckster of the worst kind. Yeah, yeah. So and actively talk- making someone else. Yeah. Very sick and yeah. Uh-huh. And they talk to uh, neighbors, you know, that that say, yeah, I thought this was kind of weird. And then afterwards are just devastated because they really believed the story. They tried to help. They feel terrible for Gypsy. I mean, it's bizarre because you watch these interviews with Dee Dee's family and they say things like, well, yeah, I mean, it's not a surprise she killed her. I mean, we all knew that was going to happen. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. I mean, they're just like they have no. I, I'm not going to say this and I'm not lying. This sounds very shocking and crazy. But when Dee Dee died and she was cremated and they were like, here's the remains, they're getting to the family. And one of the family members, like a close family member, says, I, I, we just thought, why not just flush them? Like, we don't want them. Oh, OK. That says a lot about the whole story. Right? Mind blowing. Wow. Mind blowing. Also, I'm now thinking about the logistics of that. Like, that has to be multiple flush. Sorry, my mind is going into a weird place, but yeah. Yeah, you can't do that all in one. No. No. And each time you flush, you're like, well, there's a little bit of my family member. There it goes. Yeah. Into That's the how little that That's they cared. That's how little they yeah. cared. That's how little they cared. Wow. Yeah. It's That's rough. A good pick. It's so good. It's so interesting. The story is so interesting. Even how... Um, Dee Dee Blanchard ended up with Gypsy Rose's dad. How they ended up having a baby is very interesting. It's it it's sort of creepy, but it's also just a weird, fascinating story. But wow. at its heart is just a lot of lying. What a good uh, pick, though, especially Munchausen by proxy. That is such a weird, weird thing. Yes. And I felt like the documentary did a really good job. You know, we've talked about this before. You know, you watch shows or you read things and you have questions like, well, wait, what about this? And I felt like uh, Aaron Lee Carr, the director, did such a great job of making sure to kind of cover all those answers. Like, Mm -hmm. here's why no one in the medical community caught it. And it's very plausible and makes a lot of sense to me the way that she put it out there that, first of all, she would hop doctors all the time. Uh She would say records were lost. You know, clearly Gypsy Rose does present as sort of something else. She had multiple birth certificates for her somehow, so she could fudge the age. Oh, my God. There's a lot of things that you're like, okay, yeah, if you think about a doctor and you go in and you see them once and they're kind of like, well, yeah, I don't know. There was one doctor in the whole time who said, this is Munchausen by proxy. There's nothing wrong with this kid. And she, she would always ask for the notes, which is you're right. She could get the medical charts, and she saw that he had questions, never went back to that facility ever again. So she was very deliberately doing, like, all the work with the birth certificates, all the work with moving yes, around. It was she a very... knew absolutely what she was doing. Yes. A very elaborate scheme. Yes. Wow. Yes, very. Because she was subsisting. I mean, first of all, she's getting child support, but she was subsisting on disability. She was subsisting on donations. She was getting a lot of attention for that. Everybody thought, wow, look at this mom who's so caring for this girl who's just, you know, this is going to be her whole life. And that's all she does is care for her and take care of her. So she wanted that attention, too. Mm -hmm. She liked that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is a lot of what the Munchausen Mm -hmm. by proxy is, is the Mm -hmm. attention factor. So Now I think of uh, Patricia Clarkson. In Sharp Objects, doing that to Amy Adams. Yes. So now my image of Munchausen on my proxy is is Patricia Clarkson. That doesn't do her a very good uh, service. No. Watch this, and then you'll have a different okay. one. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. Yep. A real-life huckster. A real-life flim-flam artist. That doesn't mm. even sound right. That sounds no. too nice Yeah. for this. That's not, This yeah. is just a straight, mean con. 
Just the no worst. hunk legend here. No, no. Opposite of hunk legendary. <laughs> Con legendary. <laughs> I was gonna say what is the opposite, and yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. Unhealthy, uh, ugly. Gross yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, ugly uh-huh. would have to be in there because we said hunk. So yeah. for it to be opposite, monster, monstrous. Yeah, just. Should just we just list words gargoyle for a while? Legendary. <laughs> Just troll under the bridge, legendary. <laughs> Let's just spend a few minutes listing words. That'll okay. be good for our listeners. I like yeah, that. they'll enjoy that. Okay, good. Uh, no, we're not going to do that to you. We've no. already subjected you to hunk legend for forty-five minutes. So much time. So hunk much. Legend. So much time. Yeah. Well, you know what is legendary is we'll be back next week. We will. Yeah. And maybe with hunks, maybe not. <laughs> we don't know. I'll be some good picks though. Sure will. Until In- then, happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they are coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.